Welcome, this is One Hour of Sunshine, and I'm your hostess, Megan Joy Haverda. We're filming out of the sandbox in Santa Barbara, California, a co-working hub for entrepreneurs and change makers. This show, One Hour of Sunshine, is about business leaders that are willing to admit that they use their intuition in business to navigate their business life, their personal life, basically their life. This show will elevate and normalize intuitive skills in the workplace and allow such skills to be seen as great assets to companies, organizations, communities, and families. Our guest today is Adam Hall, author and coach and consciousness leader and a dear friend of mine. We'll be speaking with him in a moment, so stay tuned for his story as an intuitive. Every day, every time we do the show, I should say, I share an intuition of the day. And my intuition today to share was about this guy, Ganesh. And I brought the statue, actually. I usually have flowers here, but I brought the statue instead because Ganesh is the god of the remover of obstacles and new beginnings. And I feel like there are so many new beginnings happening right now, it's almost hard to keep up with it. Um, but I wanted to talk about Ganesh today because intuition, to, to really honor your intuition and live an accurate life, you have to decipher between ego and intuition. When is the information coming from where? And it's the same when you're setting a boundary or removing an obstacle. You can remove an obstacle out of fear, or you can remove an obstacle out of love. You can set a boundary out of love, or you can set a boundary out of fear and resistance. So I, I'm not gonna say too much more about it because I know our conversation, uh, Adam and my conversation today, will bring up a lot of this topic. But I thought, because of who Adam is, um, and what is going on on the planet right now, especially in America, that Ganesh has a lot of interesting lessons for us today. So, now I would like to introduce my guest, Adam Hall. Thank you for joining us. Well, it's great to be here with you, Megan, and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm actually excited to, to come and play in the sandbox with you and, and Ganesh, and <laughs> maybe we'll build some castles and make a mess and you know, just have a, have a good time today because <laughs> You're spot on about intuition and removing of the obstacles that prevent us from fulfilling our greatest life's dreams and being all we can in our business and in our relationships and, and in our health. So yeah. great, great topic and look forward to exploring with you and seeing what we can uncover in the sandbox. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's, it's interesting because I met you. I don't even know if you know where I met you. Do you? I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> so I met you at the um, the work zone space in Santa Barbara, and you were launching your book, Earth Keepers, yeah. and it was a book about your personal journey going from that guy to this conscious guy, and there was a lot in between, and I saw you up there talking about your story in a very vulnerable way, probably more vulnerable than you had been used to in the past. So of course I fell in love with you. I was like, this guy, he's going for it. He's, he wants to be vulnerable in public and tell his story. So do you want to tell our audience a little bit about the book and what you're up to now? 
well i'd be happy to you know, and, it, and it does relate to intuition in in, in yeah. many ways because Ultimately, um, I wasn't tapping into intuition in my 1.0 version, <laughs> so to speak. And yeah, that was a bit unconscious because I, I really was living a, a, a life that is, was basis, basically as a narcissist, as, a, as an earth conqueror, a kind of get out of my way, um, and a capitalist. Uh, I was in real estate and was a CEO of a middle market investment banking company. and we provided capital to middle market real estate companies um, and ultimately did uh, you know over a billion dollars in, in, in business and of course one day my intuition knocked on me and I said well who's that knocking at the door well I and I realized well I better I better explore that because I, I wasn't feeling so good and even in the pinnacle of my career I asked myself wait a second is this it is there something missing and ultimately, the answer was clearly yes, and that 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 took me on a journey, really, to of greater inquiry, and uh, not only to understand the nature of who I was, but what was emerging in my life. You know, why was I here? How could I serve the greater good of our humanity, the greater good of the whole? And what tools did it take to do that? So I had to had to had to depart from the old one o version. Well, and and something. <clears throat> You know, many people think, oh, if I go on a spiritual path, it'll feel great. It's kind of tough. You know, do you want to share with the audience what it was like to go into the dark night of the soul? A little bit of the discomfort of intuition. You know, it's, it's easy to say, oh, intuition makes your life easier. Well, it does, except when your intuition is telling you something you don't even want to deal with or a road you don't even want to go down. But it's saying, no, this is this is the way you're going. So how do you deal with your own intuition when it's telling you something you don't want to know? One of the things I want to emphasize for those that are exploring their, their greater possibilities and expanding their consciousness in, in all aspects of their life is that it's not simply a spiritual experience or a spiritual journey. Yes, spirit and the unknown abstract world has a lot to do with it, but it's also really a shift of mindset. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like good strategy for living your ultimate life mm-hmm. where everything is possible and nothing is impossible. So some of the things that I did to in as I went into that basically the the darkness so to speak the the unknown places of the journey is first and foremost uh, is to recognize that the unknown can be formidable only because we think it is. But if you really think about it, when when you it, you don't even know what the unknown is so it's about fear we fear the idea that something is unknown so the first thing that i i really begin to do is to get out and to face my fears and to do that i had to take radical responsibility i had to be radically honest with myself and i really needed to, to decide am i going to be the authority and the author of the life that i want to live or am i going to allow this other other aspect, this aspect of my life, which I refer to as ego and, and the dips in separation to rule my life. And I decided, well, this is really worth it because my life depended on it. Yeah, absolutely. And so you, as you were going through the journey, you wrote about the journey and you published a book. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now you are, um, you're still at the work you always will be and um, 
you're a gentleman on the planet in a time where I think the patriarchy is going, hmm, maybe, maybe the matriarchy has something to say. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'm not a man. I will never speak for men. I don't know how it is to be a man, but I'm very, very curious about the how the world has been developed to date and now a strong voice for women that is coming out. You are a very, very uh, consistent advocate of women. I'm your friend, I've seen you in business, that's who you are. Have you always been that way or have you seen the emerging feminine um, strength and have become in awe of it? What is that experience for you? Well, I had no, no clue about the, the feminine nature. And let's keep in mind that this isn't a gender uh, conversation. This is really around uh, archetypes and energies yeah, and, and gifts that each the masculine and the feminine bring to the table. Yeah. But it wasn't until I got in touch with my own feminine nature that I even knew what it was to be a man. So Isn't that, that's, that can speak volumes <laughs> into the power of the feminine and ultimately where that part of our lives, both the, the masculine, the sacred masculine, and the sacred feminine really belong. Yeah. Because what I found as a man, it, in the, uh, in, the, in, the, in the patriarchal structures of which we are still very powerful and embedded, they're, they're very much systemic in nature, yeah. uh, but we're seeing a big shift in, in what is emerging because the, to be quite frank with you, Megan, the patriarchal structure has uh, run its course. Yeah. Um, it, it served in its own way, yet it's gotten to such a point that we're uh, taking note of its destructive patterns in nature that it really, uh, quite frankly, threaten our very existence. Yeah. And it's really playing into uh, this greater division and divisiveness. But ultimately, what is emerging is really exciting. And what is emerging from this, uh, I guess, chaos, <laughs> so to speak, <laughs> kind of somewhat manageable, but perhaps not so manageable any, any longer, because we do have to surrender the control to manage the 1-0 patriarchal society. We have to let that go, and that's why I call upon the feminine, I call upon women in particular, who really hold the key to the new culture. Mm -hmm. They hold the key to how we are going to merge into this new economy. Yeah. They hold the key in so many ways as to not simply how we lead in this new culture, but how we steward this new culture. And in particular, our younger women, our millennial women, and I got to share something with you that, that, that concerns me greatly because I'm very connected with, with women around the globe and many global leaders of all different ages, of many different de decades. And what I am hearing right now that's really live is that primarily younger women, uh, millennial women and many women younger than that, are really struggling. And they're really asking themselves, where can they play? Where can they fit in? Yeah to this patriarchal sandbox that has been designed. How can but I be myself in it, this it, Exactly. Yeah. How can I be myself? How yeah. can I honor my worth? And this is really up right now. Yeah. And this is critical because ultimately these are our leaders. And they are as intelligent and have genius like I've never seen before. And they bring something to the table that the old patriarchal masculine system doesn't. They bring a power to hold a place that is absolutely still and sacred and that nurtures what is emerging 
and is also can be very strong in that emergence to honor what is emerging within them. So I, for one, am a huge, um, not necessarily a proponent, because because what I share with women today is I, I stand with you, I am by your side, and I've got your back, because I ultimately know women hold the key right now to unleash the fullest potential of what can really occur in our business, in our families, and in our new culture. And so it's about time. I think you would probably agree with that. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I was born a woman, <laughs> clearly. <laughs> I can see that sitting across the uh, table from you. <laughs> I, was, I was born in Greenwich, Connecticut, where, you know, the patriarchy is alive and well. Um, and for me, I was at Earth Day yesterday. We yeah. had an Earth Day celebration in Santa Barbara. As you know, it was a two-day celebration. And I said to a girlfriend of mine, who's a doctor, PhD, her specialty is agriculture and water. She has an amazing company. And, you know, you and I and she are all business people. And I said to her yesterday, you know what? I don't want to do anything or any project or any new business unless it affects policy, unless it ties all the way into the deep infrastructure of how we do life. I don't want to do it. It has to go that deep. That's where I'm putting my energy. And I'm putting my energy into the youth. I have a three-year-old son who you know well. Um, so just as you're saying these millennials, well, then there's another generation and another generation behind them. Each generation has their gifts. But what I'm seeing infrastructure-wise is it's not, um, there isn't the mobility and the flexibility of um, infrastructure as there was back in the 70s and 80s. All the infrastructure was still getting built. Now it's so firm with credit cards and interest rates and da 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 that it's kind of locked in system. So I'm very interested in getting into the policy and the laws and the things that loosen that back up to restructure it to really allow people to be and live and succeed. And maybe we can't all have 53% growth year on year for our multi-million dollar companies. Maybe we change the way we really look at income and dollars and what we need. Um, so I'm, I'm very interested. And you know, something that you and I have talked about, I have very prophetic dreams every night. Every morning I wake up with like messages and information. And I have seen bands and bands and bands of youth in my dreams looking for a place to sleep. So, you know, the homeless, there was a stabbing in Ventura two, night, two nights ago. A homeless man stabbed a family, a father holding his child mm. at a restaurant. Mm. Homelessness is a everyone's issue. It's my issue. We have to, we ignored it because we were busy over here making money and being capitalists. And now we have a major homelessness problem. We have a food security problem. So, you know, what I love about the millennials is they're seeing it. They're seeing it. They're not avoiding it. They're seeing what's really going on. Now we have to restructure and create space for their genius. We have to actually change the infrastructure of our town, country, to make space for the genius. Well, you're spot on with that. And I think um, I, I really uh, admire you for your approach because Ultimately, it is structural in nature. It's foundational in nature. Yeah. And this is where we in, in, invite um, the archetypes like Ganesh to help us to remove obstacles that help us from getting into the root cause yeah. 
uh, some would refer to that as source, some would refer to that as original cause. And we, uh, we you know, for some uh, reason, uh, which I, we, we won't go off into today, but ultimately we continually default into life mechanisms which deals with essentially lipstick. We want to uh, tinker with the outer experiences of form and essentially it's like medicine today is dealing with effects and they're not really getting into the cause right. and they don't even clearly understand what the cause is, is the, right. in the root cause. So ultimately the same uh, things can be applied that you're pointing to is how do we get into the, the, the root of this? How do we get into the structural nature? Yeah. Um, and ultimately that goes into two things that you are, are addressing today and that one is, is, is getting into that intuitive state of being. Yeah. And ultimately what it takes to get into that intuitive state of being. And let me share with you a few things that sure. I know from my journey as a, as a CEO for 27 years, as a father, and the things that I'm doing today to help people architect their life and redesign their life experiences is ultimately to look at, okay, we live in existing structures within our society, but what does it take? Well, we have to get out of the linear process that we typically engage with. That's a very dominant aspect of the masculine culture. Yeah. Uh, it's not masculine itself, but it's very dominant because it deals in practicalities and rationality. Nothing wrong with that. However, what it takes to move beyond the problem, beyond the level of consciousness that created the problem, as Einstein said, is that ultimately it takes us ability to get into our intuitive nature. And that is more of a, a, a development of our right brain and right brain engagement, which is more creative. It speaks directly into our sense of ima into, uh, imagination and wonder. Yeah. So the more we can do to engage that aspect of our life, the better off we are. I exercised one muscle for 40 years. It was my left brain. <laughs> my God, what do you think happened to my right brain in the intuitive and imaginative? It was just shut off. It's there for yeah. everybody, yeah. but it needs to be like you go to work out. We need yeah. to work that out. So that's what I encourage with people today. I certainly encourage that with our educational systems, and I love to see things that are supporting, well, uh, every every young child in this in this way, especially young young men, and ultimately that we can work in practice to remove the various obstacles that we continually default default to. Yeah. And one of the things, as you know, that I speak into is we want to live our life by design, not by what we're defaulting into. Yeah. So it's time to get into that place that you're talking about, which can yeah. be policy. It could even get into the deeper roots because ultimately, unless we are engaging in a new foundation for this new culture, through intuitive, our intuitive nature and imagination and wonder, more typically right main activities, then we're going to be running our businesses and just doing the same old thing. It may look more efficient. It may, if we're lucky, get to a higher state of productivity because of our technology today. But ultimately, we can continually default in the same old things that really don't work. Mm -hmm. So I love the idea that we're tapping into our intuition and we're removing any obstacles. Yeah like get in our way. But ultimately, we want to remove those obstacles so that we can really land yeah. in our truth of who we are individually and in the collective field of what we do and how we, yeah. we share and, and live our lives. Yeah. Every generation really, really took the time to harvest the gems of knowledge that each generation has. Oh my gosh. Yes. So, well, I mean, I've lived in Oroville. 
the one of the most developed sustainable communities in the world in India and it's very very international about 2500 people live there at any given time but it showed me how it, it's not a perfect place there's plenty of you know conflict but they have done their absolute best to look at every angle of existence from green building to um, alternative currency to elder care to education to agriculture and make it um, comfortable, vital, creative, ever evolving. They even have industry. I mean, if you walk into Whole Foods, there are um, products from Oroville. So, you know, I've always had that in my mind and and I lived there when I was about 23. So, you know, I look at any issue, how can we solve it? I don't look at it and go, oh God, we're doomed. <laughs> Which is why we're friends. Um, so, you know, something that came up in my last show with uh, Dr. David Pullman were, was the issue of the school shootings. And I know that you are very, very keen on mentoring men specifically. I mean, you're pro all humans, obviously, and a great advocate of women, but you're really honing in on how to communicate with men and awaken the men. And I'd love to hear a little bit about that work and why you feel so called to that audience. Well, thank you, Megan. And, and, and it is all about solutions. Yeah. And uh, I've often said if we millennials have a, a unique gift and a unique quality of which they are able in a snapshot. Some say, well, they don't have any attention span. They want everything in 10 and 20 and 30 seconds. Well, heck yeah, they do, because ultimately they've been inundated with a lot of noise. Mm. And, um, sure. and ultimately what, what millennials are able to do uh, consciously and unconsciously, is they're able to see beyond the bullshit mm -hmm. that has been structured within this 1-0 uh, society, this 1-0 culture that we've created. So millennials want to know what is, what is the experience beyond that. And yeah, some feel a, a sense of, of bitterness, uh, of being left out, because ultimately because they're designing a new world. They're not supposed to go back and necessarily play in the, in the old world. They're supposed to lead and step into their future and show us generations to come where to go. So that's their role. So if you're a millennial and you're feeling that way, know that these are actually gifts and skills, yeah. skill sets. Yeah. And I believe it is incumbent upon uh, our generation to ultimately to uh, honor the, the younger generations, not simply because we messed it up. I mean, we, we did leave this place uh, in its current state. It's, it's quite a mess. And, yeah. but, that, but that doesn't mean that it's that way to stay. As a matter of fact, it's just the opposite because not only am I simply optimistic, I'm thrilled to be part of how we architecture our new culture go, yeah. going forward. Yeah. And so I believe that um, a men, and um, primarily men in, in leadership roles, are instrumental and key to helping to support this new culture of both, both genders, not simply younger men, but also younger women in particular. Kind of paradoxically, I, I'm in relationships with a lot of different women. And, um, but women offer a deep insight to myself as a man. Yeah. They really help to provide a mirror and uh, provide me some really tough love sometimes <laughs> to say, what's up, dude? <laughs> All right, come on now. 
I want you to take a little time, a little responsibility here to feel into this, this aspect of ourselves. So I enjoy, enjoy working with men of, of, of all ages. Um, men in particular, uh, Megan, um, are, are very challenged in, in my assessment. I only can speak from the assessment of my own journey as very challenging. But innately, the masculine doesn't have the same tool sets. Or at the very minimum, those skills and those tool sets for personal development are not very sharp and have not been exercised. Whereas women have this more innately. Whether they get in touch with it or not, that's another yes. question. Yeah. So, you know, that's a big challenge for women in its own right because yeah. we want to continue to conform to an old operating system, this 1-0 culture. But it, we know intuitively somewhere is saying, hey, wait a second, that's not giving, that's not fulfilling not only me personally, but it's actually, it's part of the problem. And we're all about being part of the solution. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, so if we're running around and we're solution-oriented, sometimes people don't want to hear <laughs> what could be better, yeah. what could be changed. And so how have you experienced that in your life where you really were quite certain of something and it was coming from intuition, it was coming from an authentic place, and you shared it, and you just got a wall put up in front of you. How did you, how did you work with that? When well, your intuition wasn't welcome. Well, that's a that's a great question, <laughs> and you know that that goes directly into uh, claiming your truth and speaking into your truth. Mm -hmm. And let me let me let me phrase it a little bit like this because okay. I. I have a caution sign over my head uh, often. Um, yes, I'm diplomatic. Yes, I understand w the audience with, with I, where I am. And yes, I respect the meeting place ultimately because it is about where we meet together and where we go together. But at the same time, if we really look up, look at where we are in our life system, life systems and our planetary conditions, both in, in our inner landscape as well as our outer landscape, you know, my my approach is often with that caution sign that's over my head. It, it says, caution, being near me can be disruptive to your limiting beliefs and destructive to your illusions. <laughs> and, right? And it's in bold <laughs> and it's flashing. <laughs> yes. Yes. And, 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 and I call upon all those that are all those earth keepers, all yeah. those wisdom yeah. keepers, yeah. all those that feel this calling to rise into their truth, to claim their truth, and to, to share that in the world. It's not about conforming. Yeah. It's not about trying to be someone or needing somebody. We gotta get over that stuff. That's kind of 1-0, let's grow up here together yeah. because we're here to do it together. And that's the fun thing about this 2-0 experience. And we got to speak into that. In yeah. other words, no bullshit, as yeah. you know. Yeah. Let's get down to it because we're here for a reason. All of us have a purpose on this planet. We have shared mission. And that shared mission is ready to be fully activated. And it's yeah. wonderful to see around the planet and what I'm seeing from other, other global leaders uh, around the planet. It's wonderful to see that they are fully activated and, and engaged, having a hell of a good time and doing things purposefully from their heart. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, very well said. So, with everything you could do in a day, I mean, everybody has 24 hours. 
what are your current priorities and how in such a, a <laughs> it's an exciting era because we get to change every industry and raise consciousness in every moment. And that's exciting. And there's a lot of strife going on around the planet. So how do you just continually rise above the negativity and the noise and return to the solution oriented enlightened part of your brain and body how do you what is your what is your method or methods yes well that that's this is a key foundational thing yeah as the sun rises for for myself yeah. and um, it's discipline and rigor yeah and um, <laughs> quite frankly there isn't a day that doesn't that I don't emerge into my my day without uh, grounding my human experience and that could be done through just simple meditation mm -hmm. simple mm -hmm. reflection mm -hmm. just simple uh, a welcoming of my journey into this coming day yeah. and so I begin there because as we know as we move into our days and we move into our scripts and we move into our schedules and we are here to fulfill our overly scheduled digitized life experiences we know that we're going to be challenged. Yeah. And either we default into the old design and do that day after day and ultimately it wreaks havoc on our lives either through fleeting moments of, of happiness or you know, we search for health and well-being. We look into the world to find what we, who we are and where we're going. But unless we, we ground, we don't, that's just going to continuation until we, unless we ground ourselves every day in that experience of who we are. So yeah. it's a centering as much as it, it's anything else. Yeah. And it's essential to, to find that through breath, through simple practice, and to listen deeply. Listen very deeply to what is emerging in our, our, our daily practice, and it is into the in, intuition. And something that we need to know as we, we learn to listen. It yeah. took me a long, long time yeah. to listen. My mom always said, Adam, you just need to listen. Of course, I didn't listen for probably another 32 <laughs> years. But I finally figured it out a little bit. But one of the things I, I want to just mention here, in addition to the daily practice and the uh, attunement, to tapping into your intuition, is let's get that channel open every day. Yeah. Because once we get that channel open, we're able to come into our lives more uh, in a receptive place. Again, another feminine principle where we have receptivity, what is possible. We see and allow ourselves to continue to be present even as the cortisol is pumping into our system or where some guy is yelling at us at the stoplight because we're not going fast enough. So one of the things we want to do is to attune to that deeper listening process, which is an intuitive listening. I refer to this as attuning to the soul sage. Now, uh, it's easy nice to confuse. To yeah, it's easy to confuse the, the voice of the ego. Mm -hmm. Got to go, got to look at the phone. Oh, shit, I'm not good enough. Ba, 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 ba. And let's just remember this. Anytime you are experiencing or being flooded with your daily life experience, know that what is coming through your head, the, the ego as a default mechanism always speaks first and 99.9% .9 of the time it is not right 
Don't listen to it. And it doesn't have your back. And it doesn't just have your control. back. You couldn't say it any better. So take a breath, <laughs> let that go, and then listen deeper because there's your intuition that's come yeah. to play with you in yeah. the sandbox. Well, and your morning grounding and, wh and what that process looks like. You know, I, I had to really, really commit to incarnating into my body. I've left my body three times. Mm -hmm. I've, oh, I've had three near-death experiences. And the more I commit to my body, I mean, I lay in bed in the morning and I put my hand on my heart. And every morning, I love you. Mm. I love you. Beautiful. I tell myself, and, and it's the body and it's everything. I'm nature. I love you as I love everything, right? And so then I walk out into my day. And I, I think that part of consciousness and intuition really growing in all humans of every age and children not forgetting their intuition is also about body presence and staying in the body and not leaping out to um, some disassociated <laughs> place, wherever that might be. Right. Um, so I just wanted to share that with the audience. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing it with me, and and obviously your practice and your your journey through your you know death experiences, near death experiences, so to speak, and uh, has really helped you to do tap into that intuitive sense. But I think you would say, well, you don't necessarily have to do that. Oh gosh, no. <laughs> don't. Don't, don't try this at home, Do not people. try this at home. <laughs> well, and there was a point in my life, because all of those three experiences happened prior to me being 25. All right. So then from 25 now to 43, mm -hmm. I've been unpacking those experiences yeah. and unpacking my childhood and, you know, doing what it took to become conscious, as I am now. I have a lot more work to do, but as mm -hmm. I am now. And... Um, I I just think that with every opportunity, every time we have an experience like that, we can ask for gentleness. So there was a moment where I said to God or the universe, I was in New Mexico standing on a rock, and I said, okay, that's it. I was about 28. No more two-by-fours. I'm ready for gentle. I'm really listening. Give it to me gently. <laughs> and so each shock, each change has gotten gentler and gentler. The more, the more I listen, the gentler and easier it becomes, right? There you go. You couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, you couldn't, uh, you know, you couldn't have said it any better. <laughs> All right. Well, so every time we close the show, we do a call to action. And you said something a minute ago about what I, what we'd like everyone to do on the show. But do you have a different call to action? Is there something that is coming to you in the moment that you would like to leave our guests with? Like one thing they could do a day to really improve their presence or intuition? Well, I'd be happy to share that. It's been wonderful to be here with you. And yes, it's been an hour of sunshine. <laughs> and in my meditation today, as I was tapping into that deeper inner voice, into the intuition, yeah, not even thinking about coming over here today, but you know, for the longest time in my life's journey, I really was looking to just love my life, you know, love all the things I do and love all the relationships. And what I ultimately realized is, well, that doesn't work. Because ultimately, that's a that's a, a, a chase 
It's a seeking for what Grass. is in the outer yeah. world of what can fulfill my, my need because yeah. the, the, the recognition came clearly that you know, life loves me. Mm. Life loves me. So I share this with your audience. Let's, let's do a few things and we get to do it together. You're not alone in the world. That's, right. That's the fun part of this sandbox we call <laughs> life and the planet Earth, right? Yeah. And, and that is really, uh, you just show up first and foremost. Okay, you got to show up. If you're if you're not going to get on the playing field, then you know, hey, what what can I say? I can't yeah. we can, we can't help you. Yeah. But if you want to get on the playing field and play with us, then what we can do is we can all work together to remove those obstacles yeah. that prevent everything from fully emerging into your life. Because yeah. when you get to remove those obstacles, then you actually become the architect of your life experience. You're not defaulting into the old one oh person, you get to step in and design your blueprint for the ultimate life that you want to live in your relationships, your wellness, your work, your state of mind. So very cool. And then lastly, hey, you know what's really cool is we get to do something with that. <laughs> we get to be in the solution. Yeah. We don't have to be part of the problem anymore. Yeah. So step into our solution. Even little steps. Great. Absolutely. Great little Absolutely. steps. Absolutely. So I encourage everybody to you know, tap into that space, um, allow the, the love of, the, of life to love you and to allow everything that is abundant, that you are being called to, to come and be abundant in your life. You know, we just need to get out of our own damn way. Beautiful. Thank you, Adam. You bet. Um, special thanks today to the Sandbox, speaking of Sandbox. Yes. The Sandbox is where we've been filming today in Santa Barbara. Thank you for hosting us as we film Sandbox. And thank you to Aniracom for their marketing and distribution expertise. Without all of these contributors, we would not have the show. Mm. So bye for now. This is Megan Joy Haverda, your hostess of One Hour of Sunshine. See you in two weeks for our next show. And 